brought to you by the Toronto Vegetarian Association, aka the TVA. We come to you virtually from our homes and we are also heard on CJRU 1280 AM campus radio. My name is Sveta and I am a vegan and a volunteer with the TVA. Our mission is to inspire people to choose a healthier, greener and more compassionate lifestyle through plant-based eating. And today I'm joined by my co-host Anna. Hi Sveta, thanks so much. It's great to be here. And today we're going to talk about all things TVA. And to guide us through, we we are joined by the lovely Elliot Alexander and Peter McQueen. With the annual general meeting coming up and the recent call for board member nominations and committee members, we thought it would be a great time to do this. Elliot and Peter are current board members and we feel like they are the experts in the area, and they can also share their stories and successes with us about what it's been like being on the board. So welcome, Peter and Elliot, and thank you so much for joining us today. Pleased to be here. Thank you. And, and I as well. Thank you for inviting us. Before we get into all things TVA, let's start off by getting to know Elliot and Peter a little bit more. Our listeners know that we at Veg Out like to always ask our guests to share their vegan journey with us. Elliot, would you like to start us off? Sure. Um, I guess I've been a vegetarian since I was about 19, and that was prompted by a grade 13 uh, biology project. Um, so that's kind of what started me on my uh, veg journey. And then in about uh, 2000, uh, my husband and I moved down to Baltimore, Maryland, and he was in medical school and uh, he got uh, himself signed up for a uh, free nutrition course that was offered by the PCRM, the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, and they advocate for the use of non-animal um, models in medical school training and, um, and uh, health benefits of plant-based diets. So um, while I was waiting for my visa to come through, um, we were receiving these newsletters from them every quarter. And I, of course, had time. So I was reading these things and I was like, oh my God, I didn't know that. That's disgusting. Um, well, slowly things started to disappear from our fridge and got substitutions. Um, but uh, I drank some cow's milk and it was spoiled. And I was like, oh, this is disgusting. We're switching to soy milk, um, which, actually tastes just as bad when it's spoiled. But uh, that said, uh, that was kind of the transition point for us. And uh, yeah, so we were fully vegan by time 2001, came around and have been vegan ever since. I always wondered what happened to those doctors that got that PCRM information. Now I know. <laughs> oh, one little anecdote. Also during medical school, um, he had to practice stitches and they typically do it on a pig's foot. And the, the professor said, if anyone has any problems, come see me. So anyways, he ended up practicing stitches on dried tofu. So, That's so funny. <laughs> there you go. There's always, always alternatives. I mean, um, I knew tofu was versatile, but not quite that one. <laughs> Good point, yes. Peter, would you like to share your story with us? Sure. Uh, 
So I became vegetarian uh, in my mid-teens uh, after just starting to think about should we be killing animals for food? Uh, didn't know anything about veganism at the time. Uh, it was uh, the, the mid-70s, so uh, it wasn't as a, you know, certainly there wasn't social media, there wasn't as much awareness around veganism, certainly not in Toronto. So I was happily vegan for a good 10 years and then started to well, first I met some people in Toronto in TBA. I'd gotten involved in TBA in the early 80s, and I, I met some people who called themselves vegan, but were doing it strictly for health reasons. And um, that wasn't very motivating for me, and I just thought they were a bit strange <laughs> and, and severe in their diet. But And also couldn't imagine giving up cheese and that sort of thing. And, and, and I had sort of fallen into the idea of protein complementing and making sure that, you know, there was dairy and eggs and lots of meals and, and uh, to make sure I got that protein. But thankfully, I, I found out about some uh, conferences in the U.S. They were what was called Vegetarian Summerfest at the time. It's now called Vegan Summerfest. They were really vegan, but uh, they went into the name vegetarian and they'd sort of evolved as well in the early 80s. But anyway, uh, I attended a couple in the mid 80s and met some people who call themselves ethical vegans, and they were doing it for ethical reasons. And I also became aware of some information. So as soon as I got back to Toronto, I cut back on my uh, dairy and egg consumption by a huge amount. And I was eating a lot of dairy and eggs at the time. But it was a little hard to find things. There were, uh, you know, I know when I first looked for soy milk, because I'd heard of it at this conference, I went to my local suburban health food store and the only soy milk available was a six fluid, American fluid ounce foil pouch of, of Eden soy, uh, which was clearly meant for drinking just on the spot. It had a little straw that you stuck into it. And I bought it, but wasn't really going to do too well for that on cereal, for example, uh, or in tea or something like that. But uh, fortunately, within a year, that one liter or maybe it was one quart at the time, Tetra Packs came out and so I started to switch over, but it took me about five years before I really fully switched everything over. Um, so I think around, I know around 1990, I was traveling as a vegan and I'm pretty sure that was the time when I was hundred percent vegan and didn't look back. Thanks. It reminds me when I hear stories sometimes how fortunate we are now. So many, so abundant, all the vegan products that are just so abundant that you wouldn't have found, you know, not that many years ago, really. When we think about it, we've moved quite quickly um, in the progress. Do we maybe just want to talk about what the board is? I know that for some people it's obvious, but before I realized that TVA had a board. I didn't really know what the board did. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, I think it's a good point because yeah. I've become aware that many people are not aware that the uh, TVA is a charity um, and that they're, you know, they're, it's kind of this, you know, mystery group and, and there's a very few actual staff members. Uh, and the board, it sounds like, has played uh, different roles. Um, uh, this year in particular versus previous uh, years, uh, really trying to support the staff in taking on some tasks. Um, so yeah, I think it's a, a, it's a good point about you know, the TVA does in fact have a board as a charity. 
I think a lot of attention goes to the volunteer and Ellie, like you said, the staff. And uh, we don't hear about what the board does. We don't even really know it exists. And you're all working so hard and you're some of the most dedicated volunteers, but we don't hear about you. So tell us, what does the board do? The board of directors is the elected body that is responsible for setting policy uh, for TVA uh, and is also responsible for hiring our executive director. Any other staff are hired by the executive director, so they don't report directly to the board. And the, uh, we also have committees, um, uh, which are composed of board members and volunteers uh, and staff uh, in many cases. And those committees report to the board. So they deal with things like, well, human resources, um, uh, marketing and development, nomination, nominating and governance, which is pertinent to today's discussion, uh, and and you know various other matters. Is there maybe a decision that folks would know about that the board had a hand in? For example, we have a new ED. Would you have a hand in selecting? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. The the board. So when we needed a new executive director. Human Resources Committee was tasked with advertising and doing interviews with uh, candidates. Uh, and then uh, they came up with a recommendation and presented it to the board. Uh, and the board ultimately approved uh, the uh, Kimberly uh, uh, as, uh, as our new ED. So a lot of policies are, but also policies and, and decisions of a, oh, how can I put it? Uh, well, it's of a policy nature, so they're not like day-to-day -day operational decisions, but there might be a big decision about like, whether to hold a veg food fest or not, uh, you know, uh, whether to move our office or not, uh, whether, you know, sort of, you know, bigger decisions uh, would be brought to the board, sometimes by staff, uh, by the executive director, but often by committees uh, as well. So you're saying that we have the board to thank for the wonderful veg fest this year? <laughs> well, only partly, <laughs> only that there was one, I suppose, and and the, ultimately, I suppose, approving the, the way it looked, uh, but the actual operation of the, of the food fest and the planning of it uh, was in the hands of staff with some volunteer uh, help as well, including from the marketing development committee, which is a creature of the board, even though it's uh, it involves more than just board members. I think, uh, no, not I think, I know amongst the people in this conversation, I know the least about the board. So it sounds like the board uh, makes decisions and the committees help out with those decisions and the staff kind of goes forward and enacts those decisions and does the day-to-day -day stuff. Does that sound about right? I think so. I think, I think that's a pretty good uh, synopsis. So what would you say, Elliot? Uh, no, I, I agree as well. Um, one thing I would add is that, uh, so this is, I'm just coming up upon my one year anniversary of my two year term as a new board member. Um, and it seems to me that because there was a lot of turnover um, of staff, um, you know, in the, in the recent few months, the board this year, perhaps more than other years, and you can jump in after Peter, but have been take, had to take on some uh, tasks that might have typically do, be done by staff. Um, and I think that 
because we have such a great relationship with our wonderful ED um, uh, and our staff members, she has been very open to uh, getting our help with some of the tasks that are you know, either just really time consuming or um, where we can take things off her plate while she figures out what the whole TBA is and trains other staff simultaneously. So we were taking on some of those day-to-day -day tasks um, so she could really focus on uh, the, the bigger picture stuff. And so we could make sure that, you know, just the rent got paid and, uh, you know, are our databases up to date and who has uh, access to different uh, web-based applications that we use from day to day. So, yeah, I think um, perhaps uh, this year might have been a little bit different in that regard. And, and I, for one, and I think I can speak for most of the board members, I think we really enjoy being able to, um, you know, work on some of those, you know, nitty gritty things um, and then, uh, uh, and then see how the staff kind of implement those things or kind of can take them to the next level. Yeah, that's, that's a good point, Elliot. Uh, good points. Uh, this year was a bit different. And, and it was also very different before we ever had an ED. There, <laughs> there, were, there was a different structure to the board. Boards are typically either working boards, in which case the, the board members are heavily involved in the day-to-day -day operation and there, there is no executive director, there might be some staff, but there's no executive director uh, to, to manage, um, or they are policy boards and, and they don't deal at all with staff uh, other than receiving reports <laughs> from, for example, an executive director. We operate a more hybrid model between the two and it varies from year to year what, you know, how much involvement the board of directors has. Uh, this year was very different because of staff turnover and there was a period of a I think about three months where we had no executive director. And at that point, there were several board members who were very heavily involved in, in a lot of the operational uh, work and uh, working with the remaining staff. And then as the new executive director came on, there, were, there was time where we needed to also continue to help because there was obviously a steep learning curve and a lack of prior experience with TVA. Do either of you want to add any more of your sort of experience with the board? Because I feel like I got a good sense of what your experience of being on the board was like from that discussion. Or is there anything else that either of you would like to add about your whole experience? Well, I, I just I would add that I'm particularly thinking of people who might potentially want to get on the board of TBA uh, mm -hmm. is that there is an expectation, uh, well, I could say a requirement even, that board members serve on one or more committees. So it's not like we're just attending a board meeting a month. We're also attending other meetings and either providing advice to staff or, or actually hands-on work like with the Audit and Finance Committee, which is responsible for uh, overseeing our financial uh, situation and financial planning, uh, but also preparing for the audit. And we are a registered charity, so we do have to have a, an, an annual audit of our of our finances and there's also an information return that's prepared for the for the government as a, as a charity so that committee's a little more hands-on than some of the others which are more involved in, in policy proposals and 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 the sort of general direction of the organization I, I guess that's the other thing i would say is that the board is responsible for the overall direction of the organization and obviously Executive director has some say, has some influence on that, but uh, but it's really ultimately up to the board. 
what that is. Um, and of course, we're responsible to the members. If members don't like it, they can vote us out and vote other people in. <laughs> so I guess if I was a volunteer and I was thinking, I want to be more involved with the TVA. And right now, as a member, if you've been a member for over three months and you're vegetarian for 12 months. Counting back from the day of the AGM. That's right. Thank you for the, the detailed clarification. <laughs> so if you are in that situation, you could put your name in. Uh, you have a limited number of days to do that. I think it's 45 days before the actual AGM. Or uh, is it less than that? 21 days. So nominations close 21 days before the AGM. So someone would have to put in their nomination at least 21 days before the AGM, which this year is on November 27th, I believe. <laughs> Hope I got that right. And so 21 yes. days prior, they have to get in a nomination if they want. And there actually are two vacancies this year so there is a possibility and uh, the nominating governance committee looks at our current complement and sees basically approaches directors and sees who's who's planning to to finish their term Elliot mentioned he is on a two-year term and uh, as am I we try we have a, what's called a staggered board so that not everybody is up for election election at the same time but approximately half of the board is is ideally up for election at the same time. But sometimes people can't fulfill their two-year term. People who do get elected get randomly chosen to be either on a one or two-year term. So again, we have that staggered board. So there's some continuity on the board each, each time. So then there's going to be some people who, for one reason or another, they've, I don't know, they've, they've had a change in career, they've caused them not to have time, or they have moved far away and don't feel they can continue. Although this year, this last couple of years has been a bit different with meetings being virtual. We've had people on the West Coast participating uh, who have moved out there for work or family reasons. And sometimes people can't for other reasons. So there's always some turnover, uh, some years more than others. This year, there's only, as I say, a couple of vacancies. Of course, there are people running for re-election and there's no guarantee that they'll be elected. So we could certainly have more than two nominations. And then there would be a, an actual contested election opposed to an acclamation if we had the exact number of people nominated as there were positions. As a listener, if I was thinking I could potentially um, put in a nomination, um, provided I got my nomination before the 21 days before the meeting, which is in fact on Saturday, November 27th. But I wasn't sure if I wanted to be on the board or maybe because they are looking for committee members right now, because we just got a notification of that as well. Maybe I should be on the committee. How would you describe the differences? You have described a little bit of the differences, but if someone came to you with that question, should I go for the board or should I just go for a committee? How would you guide the person in answering that question? I would certainly encourage anyone out there who's listening right now, if you're thinking about becoming a board member, you don't have to have experience being a board member to be part of the board. And this is a pretty, it's, you know, easygoing board. People are very happy to answer some of those detailed questions about, oh, do I need to put this to a motion? And do we have quorum? You can certainly learn that stuff on the job, so to speak. And um, what would be nice always is for people who are considering becoming a board member, certainly, do you have something unique to offer? And 
you know, certainly you might not know what the complement of the different skills and experiences the current board member has, but if you think you have something to offer and, you know, for me becoming a member of the board, I've been involved in the TVA in one way or another for, you know, decades participating in events and a donor and, you know, doing some volunteer work as well. Um, this was a real exciting way to be part of an organization I already felt really passionate about for all sorts of different reasons. So I think if you have the, you know, the passion to be part of it, you maybe have something a little bit unique or out of the box uh, to offer, then, you know, put your name in the hat. I, I think it's a great way to get experience um, uh, being part of a charity and being part of a board and being part of a lot of like-minded people as well. I, I agree. Also, there's many board members who have come directly to the board, obviously, from other experience and other and different backgrounds. But we've also had people who have been on served on committees for several years who then decide, OK, I see how this organization works. I, I you know, I'm really committed to it. I want to do more. And uh, and then some of them put their name forward for the board. But it works both ways. We do also, the nominating governance committee usually indicates, you know, what sort of gaps there might be in terms of skill sets. Often we are looking for people who have a financial experience, accounting experience. That seems to be one where it's, where we're, we're often thin on the ground there. And another I know that's been identified is um, people with um, medical or nutrition uh, background. Uh, that, that, that's another sort of identified gap at this point, and it's sometimes been filled in the past. One small piece I, I might add is that if you're trying to decide, well, should I be a board member or a committee member? Um, perhaps, uh, and this is arguable, perhaps the board, um, there's more of a time commitment um, as not only do you have to participate in direct board activities, uh, but some of those committees as well. But if you really have an interest in one particular area, then uh, and maybe have a little bit less time um, that's available to you, then maybe a committee is a better place to start if you're really not sure. That's fantastic. Thanks so much, Peter and Elliot, for going through that with us. But not everyone in the board has the same position, right? We have treasurers and um, we have the president and vice president. How do those things get decided? Mm, that, that's a good question. Uh, we, uh, at, our, at our first board meeting of the new board, which is typically in December, uh, occasionally into January, but usually December, the officers of the organization are elected by the board members themselves. So people indicate what they might be interested in, what, in what capacity they might be interested in serving, including in what committees. But but it's right in our bylaws that we have to have a president, we have to have a vice president, we have to have a secretary. We also have to have a treasurer, although the treasurer is the one position that, strictly speaking, doesn't have to be a board member, although usually they are. So you could have someone who has, you know, accounting experience as, a, as an accountant of some sort, uh, but doesn't have the time to be on the board, but wants to serve as the treasurer of the organization and would be on the, and maybe they're on the audit and finance committee already, or they want to become, they could be appointed by the organization, by the board of directors as treasurer without being a board member. That's the only position, only officer position where that can be the case. So people who are interested in those particular roles can put their name forward uh, once they've been elected and be, uh, and be uh, chosen 
for that position. And sometimes there's a couple of people who want to have a particular position, but usually there's like one person who says, well, I'm willing to do this. And, and uh, others go, okay, go ahead. And you know, typically people serve a few years in, in a role. There is one requirement we have in the bylaws, and maybe I'm getting too, too much into the weeds here, but uh, uh, a person can't serve as president for more than five consecutive years without taking a break sort of to allow for some fresh blood and some new ideas to come forward uh, in that role. And sometimes people serve that long, sometimes people serve less for various reasons, but it does mean there's some new ideas to come forward and uh, new approaches, uh, as well as some continuity. You know. and, and often president, the president is sort of, some people like to refer to them as the president of the board, which I guess they are. They're in a way the president of the organization, but they do liaise with the executive director as well. So uh, there's a little more responsibility there. I'm wondering, and this question's for Elliot, what made you decide to get on the board? Because Peter, maybe, you know, you've been on the board for so long uh, and so you've just forgotten your reasoning. But Elliot, what was your reasoning? I owned a business in Kensington Market uh, from 2015 to 2019 called uh, Cosmic Treats. And... Though I had involvement with the TVA in different capacities before, um, as a business owner, I, I also had a lot of different kinds of interactions uh, with the TVA, uh, you know, supporting them for different events. That time you could join as a business member so that they would send out some social media posts on your behalf, promoting your business. So uh, in that way, I got to know a lot of the people you know, staff and board members from the TVA, sometimes just by them simply coming into the restaurant and saying hello. It really uh, piqued my interest. And then when we closed the business and I heard that they were looking for board of directors, I thought it would be uh, a good opportunity to, to lend uh, my perspective as a business owner uh, as well. I really joined with the lens of, well, how can I help the TVA so that we can reach out to different businesses and thus encourage more people going into those businesses and bringing them into the lifestyle by them trying you know, delicious food at different places. So that was kind of uh, my introduction about how I, I got involved. The first time everyone was like, oh, you should go to the AGM. Why don't you come into the AGM? I was like, what's the AGM? What happens at the meeting? What's it all about? And so maybe um, you could talk a little bit about what the AGM is, what you do there, and maybe even some experience that you may have had at the AGM in the past or how it's changed over time. As the organization has changed, so has the AGM, um, especially in terms of, you know, who's making reports and that sort of thing. So now that we have, we've had executive directors for quite, for a while, quite a while, but not the whole length of the organization. The executive director will give a report from staff, uh, other, other, Board members will give reports as well, like on the finances or on um, strategic planning or other things like that. So at the AGM, you'd be listening to reports, see how the organization's going, you know, what support's needed, that sort of thing. And of course, a big difference right now is that because of COVID, we have we have to have virtual annual general meetings. This is the second year we've had a virtual, we will have had a virtual annual general meeting. And it's because of a special law that was passed by the province of Ontario, where we are incorporated, that allows us to do that. Um, and it wouldn't really be practical 
at this point, well, maybe soon, but uh, that it might be practical to have an in-person annual general meeting again, but right now it has to be virtual. Yeah, I definitely found that when I attended the AGM, I understood a lot more about what the TVA does. Even attending last year, I was like, oh, I didn't realize that that had happened, or that this thing was going on. And so definitely attend just for the purposes of understanding the TVA a little bit more. Right, absolutely. And that we usually have something either fun or educational as well, some, you know, a talk or something else that happens as well to, to get, you know, to make it a little lighter than uh, than just, you know, voting and hearing reports. But you're right. That's the way to, it, it does give you a much better insight on what we do as an organization and as, and as a board of directors as well. And you... And it often, I think people who attend, who have attended several AGMs then often want to be more involved. Yeah, for sure. And I think you made a really good point there, Peter. It's, it sounds like it would be super boring, but it isn't. I don't know why, but it isn't. <laughs> That's good to hear. <laughs> Remember that this year's AGM is on Saturday, November 27th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Make sure that you get your membership 30 days before that if you would like to vote and 90 days before that if you would like to run for election. And thank you so much for Peter and Elliot for coming to our podcast and having this conversation with us. And uh, thanks, Anna, for co-hosting. You've been listening to Veg Out, brought to you by the Toronto Vegetarian Association. You can listen to past episodes on Apple Podcasts and at veg.ca slash veg out. Thanks to Matt Judge for our theme song. And until next time, Veg out.